I'm Mark Chambly with Lazy Rose Acres in Mineola, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas Agriculture. In the news today, we've got a brand new state-of-the-art cotton classing office ready to open on the Texas Tech campus. We'll tell you more about it coming up to kick off today's show. My name's Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Coming up soon, an event that plays an important role in helping grow the ag programs at West Texas A&M University in Canyon. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about WT Ag Day on Texas Ag Today. Hearing loss in agriculture. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll take a look at some of the loud noises farmers and ranchers are exposed to in their daily farming and ranching practices on Texas Ag Today. Late summer is a transition time in Texas. Please join me, John Begno, as we talk about how we can get our plants back to being good and healthy before winter. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The new USDA Cotton Classing Office will be opening in just a few weeks on the Texas Tech campus in Lubbock. Daryl Ernest, Deputy Administrator for USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service, says this project has been in the works for the past eight years. It's extremely critical to the U.S. industry, really, for a couple of reasons. One is it, it does service the largest concentrated region of cotton production in the U.S., which is a vital part of the cotton industry in general, but also a key source of cotton that is exported out every year of the U.S. It is, it's very highly sought after from a lot of the uh, importers in other countries. Uh, we really wanted to use that focal region as a source for outreach and future education, research, and employment opportunity. We thought, what better place in that part of the country than Lubbock to do those kinds of things? Ernest says the office will do much more than just class cotton. You know, when we made the agreement with Texas Tech University to put the the facility on their campus, part of it was because we wanted to expand research between their university and ours and other other universities. That will help kind of pay everything forward and advance the technologies and the innovations. Serving a lot of those functions makes it a very important complex, not only because we're going to class the region's cotton, which is important to the producers for sure, but it's also kind of goes beyond that as well. The grand opening of the new cotton classing office will be held on September 14th. Texas livestock auctions are enjoying record runs this year, but those huge sales have come at a price. Ronnie Harden owns Graham Livestock Commission in Graham, Texas. He says he set an all-time record last month, selling over 4,000 head in one week. But it's a result of drought devastating area cattle producers. 
right yeah, off. Yeah, the you know they're just running out of water. You know if they don't have irrigated or, or city water, uh, tanks are dry. No hay, no grass. So people that made hay ain't making. They're probably making a third of what they've made in the past. You know fertilizer's high, feeds high. It's just hard to hang on to them. So naturally, the only the only thing they got to do is sell them. So and it, it's sad for all the farmers because. You know, coming back in, if we get a general rain around everywhere, is how many of these young cows are going to be, how hard is it going to be to replace these cows that they're having to sell? So it's not, it's hard on the farmers. Harden says the market has stayed surprisingly strong in the face of such large numbers of cattle being sold this summer. A big event for a Texas Panhandle University is coming up. James Hunt tells us WT Ag Day plays an important role in growing the agriculture program there. One of the more special events on the local ag community calendar is the annual West Texas A&M University Ag Day, taking place this year on September 10th on the campus in Canyon. It's described as food, fun, and fellowship for WT Ag program alumni and others who support the school's ag department, and it certainly is all of that. But it's also a serious fundraiser with an auction raising money to recruit ag students for WT. Lance Keith is the Associate Dean for Agriculture and Natural Sciences at WT. He says, as is true every year, this year's auction offers a good variety of items for those who want to help the school's ag department grow. Items for anybody, price ranges where somebody, you know, spending $25, they have an opportunity to support. Or if they're spending $25,000, they've got an opportunity to support. And we have everything from cruises to cottonseed to homemade knives to stuff our students have made, to uh, reoccurring items that tend to show up each year. Somebody bought them, they bring them back. That's always kind of funny. A, a, a buffalo hide has come through here for quite some time, and I suspect it'll be back again. As the reappearance of that buffalo hide each year illustrates, Dr. Keith believes those who make purchases at the auction are really more interested in helping WT Ag than they are in simply buying things, and their generosity means a lot. You can look at our growth chart in the department, and it corresponds with how much money's raised. It's a neat parallel correlation. Once again, WT Ag Day is Saturday, September 10th at 11 a.m. at the WT Ag Building next to the football stadium. Admission is free. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Hearing loss is a big hazard on a farm or ranch. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at some farm activities that can be damaging to your hearing. The National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health estimates 22 million workers are exposed to hazardous noise levels every year. Among those workers, farmers, ranchers, people who work on farms and ranches across Texas and the United States can all be exposed to too much noise. To talk more about this, Dr. James Sharp, a Waco physician, is in the studio. And Dr. Sharp, what are some of the symptoms of uh, hearing loss? Symptoms can be very subtle, actually. If you find that you're having difficulty understanding people's speech in a room that doesn't have a lot of background noise, you might be having some hearing loss. Maybe if you are in a very quiet room, you might notice a little ringing in your ears or a buzzing sound all the time. But those are those are the subtle things. Now, if you know for a fact that you can't hear out of one ear, then you certainly should have that evaluated. Uh, you can also have 
professional hearing tests done to see if there is a deficit in your hearing. Now, the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health has a listing of the maximum safety time of uh, various uh, activities that people may be engaged in. These are noise sources that could impact the hearing of farmers, ranchers, or other people. Of interest is that uh, maximum safe time of uh, somebody uh, on a tractor, a combine, without a cab, or in a grain auger. That maximum safe time apparently is uh, an hour and a half. In the uh, hog industry, if you're around pigs squealing, that's 15 minutes of maximum safe time. A tractor with no cab or uh, a grain dryer, the maximum safe time is four minutes. More next time with Waco physician Dr. James Sharp on prevention of hearing loss from noisy farm and ranch equipment. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Late summer is a transition time here in Texas. San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno has some tips on getting plants healthy before winter. Well, we think of fertilization as one of the key ingredients of plant growth because a lot of the nutrients that plants require may not be present in the amounts they need. And so we go into a season in fall where we start beginning to think about making our plants stronger for the winter. And if you heard about the Farmer's Almanac prediction recently, it said Texas might be much colder and snowier than normal. Well, that's kind of the way it might be for the last couple of years, but we're getting used to it. Plants that have been stressed because of an extremely hot, dry summer going into a very cold season can receive more damage. So what we do now in the month of August and September to help to prepare these plants for maybe a very cold and prolonged winter is important. And the keys are, of course, water. You want to make sure that those roots are still alive. So don't fail on the water deal if you're in a dry area, which much of Texas is, and then fertilizer. You know, we've read a lot and heard a lot about not only the cost, but the unavailability of fertilizer. So it's a good idea to begin looking for it now. And when we think about applying fertilizer in late August and September, we're not necessarily trying to get a lot of new growth because we're not going to on woody plants like trees and shrubs for the most part. You'll see new growth responding from fertilizing grasses, of course, turf, and also perennials like, say, lantanas and hibiscus and yellow bells. They'll all respond to fertilizer in the, the late season. But for the most part, days are getting shorter and woody trees and shrubs are beginning to accumulate carbohydrates in the root system so that they can be dormant in the winter. Fertilizer in the fall allows plants to build up these carbohydrate and sugar reserves so that they can survive better during winter. And when they do burst in the spring, they come out strong. And that's the importance. So look for fertilizer now. Uh, You may see specials. You may be seeing people that have overbought fertilizer. And remember that all across Texas, 21714 is one of the most common winterizer and strengthening fertilizers. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno. The Texas Animal Health Commission has confirmed the first case of anthrax in an animal in Texas this year. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And antibiotic resistance is a major concern in both human and veterinary medicine. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Before you go out this summer, Texas A&M Forest Service wants you to keep these extreme heat safety tips in mind. Stay hydrated. Check with local county and city officials for burn bans and fire restrictions. Always have some water readily available if you light a fire or are working with equipment. Make sure your equipment is maintained and clean. Keep water with your equipment and have a plan. With these dry and hot conditions, one spark can lead to a large wildfire. For more information, visit tfsweb.tamu.edu. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Antibiotic resistance is a major concern in both human and veterinary medicine. Dr. Bob Judd says some researchers have found a possible alternative to antibiotics in horses. Researchers at the University of Georgia have discovered that platelet lysate pooled from donor horses significantly slowed bacterial growth in the lab. Dr. John Peroni indicated in the horse publication that platelet lysate decreased growth of gram-negative and gram-positive bacteria, including E. coli, that are responsible for joint infections and uterine infections. He indicates platelet lysate appears to be a broad-spectrum antimicrobial that would offer an alternative to traditional antibiotics for treatment of bacterial infections in horses. Researchers have already determined that pooled platelet-rich plasma helps to reduce inflammation in cases of arthritis and decreases growth of bacteria in joint infections. A study revealed that bacteria in a lab setting grew 10 times less in a culture with platelet lysate than without. Scientists have also determined that platelets kill bacteria by producing superoxide, hydrogen peroxide, and hydroxyl-free radicals. And the more platelet lysate present, the less bacterial growth occurred for most bacteria except staph and enterococcus, in which growth remains stable. Few new antibiotics are being discovered, and antimicrobial resistance is increasing at an alarming rate. It also seems that antimicrobial resistance does not develop to platelet lysate. It is versatile and can be used as an injectable or locally to fight infection. It also has the advantage of not upsetting the microflora in the intestine that can lead to other problems. It is believed that platelet lysate could be available on the veterinary market in just a few years. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Animal Health Commission has confirmed the first case of anthrax in an animal here in Texas this year. Jessica Domo has the details in today's wildlife report. The Texas Animal Health Commission has confirmed a case of anthrax in a Barbary sheep, also known as an Audad, in Uvalde County. It is the first case of anthrax in Texas this year. According to the Animal Health Commission, the area where the Audad tested positive is 16 miles northwest of Uvalde. It has since been quarantined as a precaution. Anthrax is a bacterial disease caused by a naturally occurring organism. In Texas, it is most often found in a triangular area bound by Uvalde, Azone, and Eagle Pass. The Animal Health Commission says it is common to see an increase in anthrax cases after periods of wet, cool weather, followed by hot and dry conditions. They say in this case, rainfall exposed the contaminated spores, which provided the opportunity for animals to inhale the spores or ingest the bacteria while grazing. After being exposed to the bacteria that causes anthrax, animals typically show symptoms in three to seven days. Those symptoms include acute fever, followed by rapid death with bleeding. Death usually occurs within 48 hours. 
Livestock owners who see wild or exotic deer dying more than 10 animals at a time are encouraged to move their livestock away from those carcasses. Owners of livestock and animals that show the symptoms of anthrax are encouraged to contact their veterinarian or a Texas Animal Health Commission official immediately. The good news is there is a vaccine for livestock that is commonly used in the areas that are prone to anthrax. If you're in that area, contact your local veterinarian for more on that vaccine. The Texas Animal Health Commission says anthrax outbreaks typically end when the cooler weather arrives. Additional details are available on the Texas Animal Health Commission's website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It was a mostly lower trade in the cattle complex on Monday to kick off the week, mainly because we continue to see a rally in the grain markets. We'll update all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at texasfarmbureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex felt the pressure on Monday as we continue to see a rally in the grain markets. That kept a lid on any gains in the cattle market. We finished lower on both live and feeder cattle with one exception. That's the nearby August Live cattle contract, of course, it's a very lightly traded contract, getting ready to go off the board here in a couple of days. August live cattle up 75 cents, 141.55. October down 15 at 142.90. The December down 17 at 148.92. Feeders got hit especially hard. September feeder cattle down 227, 179.92. October down 232 at 181.07. November feeder cattle down 227 at 182.90. Cash fed cattle trade all quiet on a Monday as we usually see. We wrapped up last week selling cattle here in the south at mostly 142, steady with the previous week's weighted averages. Up north, we saw sales last week from 230 to 238 on a dressed basis. That's one to two bucks lower than the previous week's average. Boxed beef prices higher on Monday. Choice up 76 cents at 263.62. Select up 259 at 241.35. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry had a good cattle sale in San Angelo on Thursday. Jody, how did it turn out? Lightest we've been through this real dry spell. Maybe it was just the hope of getting some rain that some people are holding off. We mustered almost 900 head before the day was over. I think 875 was the total. Still very good demand on these kids and yearlings. Uh, slaughter cows and bulls, another 2 to $4 higher. Just very few replacement cows and just a handful of cow-kiff pairs on offer today. Steers, better quality steers, four to 600 pounds from 150 all the way up to a high of 250. 
16, mostly 160 to 185. Six to 800 pound steers, 135, all the way up to a high of over 180, mostly 145 to 165. Better quality heifer calves, four to 600 pounds from 130, all the way up to a high of 190, mostly 140 to 165. Slaughter cows, average to high yielding from 63 to 79. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 80 to 92. Did have a couple of individual uh, outstanding slaughter cows, 94 to 96. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, not as many of those today from 38 to 58. Slaughter bulls, average to high yielding from 82 to 96. Had several of the highest yielding slaughter bulls from 101 all the way up to a high of 121. And not enough bred cows and pairs really to test that market today. What are you anticipating for next week? I look to bounce back on the sheep and goat numbers. Uh, somewhere probably over 6,000 head uh, on Tuesday. Uh, market improved on the goat market and everything. So uh, cattle, cattle numbers look to bounce back from this as well. Probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,000 to 12 or 1,300 uh, at next Thursday's regular sale. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet. The office number is 325-653-3371. My mobile phone's 234-7895. Neighbor, this is Larry Marble in San Angelo reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished higher on Monday. October hogs up a dollar sixty, ninety-two twenty-five. December hogs up a dollar sixty-five at eighty-four sixty. Class three milk was steady to lower. The August contract unchanged at twenty thirteen a hundred weight. September milk down thirty-seven nineteen eighty-seven a hundred weight. The cotton market was sharply lower earlier in the day. We were as much as two cents lower at one point. However, we did see a rally in the market after Pakistan announced that 45% of the crop in that country has been washed away in floods. That helped to support prices. We did see a rally, but it wasn't enough to get us into positive territory. We actually closed with December cotton down 52 points, 118.53. The March down 70, closing at 115 even. Corn markets continuing to see support from last week's crop tour in the Midwest that showed stunted production and much lower expected yield estimates than USDA is currently reporting. That added another 15 cents onto the September contract. It closed at 683 and three quarters. December corn up 18 and three quarters, 683 a bushel. And the wheat market seeing another rally on Monday. September Kansas City wheat up 29 and a quarter, 912 and a half. September Chicago wheat up 35 and a quarter at 820 a bushel. In the energy market, September natural gas up seven cents at 936. October crude oil up 386, 96.92 a barrel. The financial markets were slightly lower Monday afternoon. The Dow down 51 points, 32,231. The NASDAQ down 62 at 12,079, while the S&P was down 7 at 4,050. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or dfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.